How should a company evaluate an IT consultant? It's a difficult task for most companies because they're not experts in IT. I mean, they're re really on the surface, they're relying on the information that the IT consultant is providing them. Uh, on our website, we actually have a white paper about this. It's 21 questions you should ask before you hire any IT consultant. But the things you should look at, first of all, is business. How do, how do they present themselves? How easy were they to get hold of? Did they keep the appointment that they originally scheduled or did they move the appointment? Because you should always begin the way you wish to continue. If they're, if they're late and rescheduling the appointment and seem frazzled and disorganized at the beginning, you can pretty much guarantee that the whole relationship's gonna be like that all the way through. So those are the things you can look at on the surface. Ask for references. Uh, of similar size and types of businesses that they've worked with in the past. You know, evaluate their demeanor. Are they arrogant? Um, are they thoughtful? Do they just answer a question immediately without thinking with no filter? How do they make you feel when you're working with them? Are you comfortable working with this person? Because it will be a marriage of sorts. And, you know, if you're not comfortable with them in the beginning, you're not going to be comfortable with them later on. You know, and then there's the whole skill set piece. So it's very hard for you to determine what the skill sets. You kind of have to take that at face value. But by Googling them, looking up their background, seeing if there's anything positive or negative on the web, and talking to the reference accounts, you can have a much better feeling whether or not they have the ability to properly manage your network. You know, the biggest mistake that I see IT consultants make is to not invest in their training to not continually be learning how to improve their craft, to not be improving their skills in cybersecurity. Typically, independent IT consultants, they're, they're spread pretty thin. They have multiple clients that they're supporting, and uh, it's a bit of a hectic life. So there's not a lot of time for education, training, certifications, but it's so important to do that so that you can continue to bring that education expertise to your clients, especially in the area of cybersecurity. I see that the most, is that um, independent IT consultants don't have the background and or don't take security as seriously as they need to. Our team are always going through ongoing education. We actually have a process of certification. So when an engineer technician comes into our organization, we create an education plan for them up front. It's part of their offer letter that we look at where their certification level is, and then we determine what's the first one, the second one, the third one, and we give them a time period that they need to accomplish those within as part of their offer letter. We give our team paid time off to, for training. So it's scheduled in their day, you know, their weekly or monthly schedule that there would be training to obtain these specific certifications. So it's, it's extremely important that we continue the professional development of our team members. We're always learning, we're always pushing the envelope, looking at new technologies, you know, for instance, the cloud. You know, people have been talking the cloud for the last five years, talking about moving the cloud, what's the cloud. One of the newest technologies that Microsoft has developed is called um, Windows Virtual Desktop. It's based on Windows 10, and it is a cloud-hosted service provided by Microsoft in their Azure data center. So we have made a significant investment in it to be able to move our clients' infrastructures and their desktops to the cloud. We've had several success stories recently. We had a client who has been with us for at least 15 years. The, the, they've been in business for 40 years. 
they were just before COVID happened, they were ready to sign uh, a contract with us to refresh all of their infrastructure. By refresh infrastructure, I mean replace servers and switches and all of their physical hardware. They put that on hold when COVID happened. And shortly after that, we helped them move all of their clients out so they could all work remotely. Um, and they came back to me and they said, um, Doug, can you get us to the cloud in 30 days? You know, you could have knocked me over because this would have been one of the clients I thought probably wouldn't go to the cloud ever. And I said, well, I can do it in 60. And the reason we were able to do that is because we made this investment in Microsoft Azure. So we already had the capability to be able to spin up and move all of their servers. They had eight servers. We moved them all to Microsoft's Azure data center in, um, in Seattle. And then we set up um, hosted desktops for each one of the users. So now, and they let the lease go in the building and they moved out. So they have 65 employees that no longer have a place to go to work every day. They're all now working from home. And we were able to do that for them in 60 days and take them live on the day that we said we're going to take them live. And they've been conducting business ever since. And we're able to do that because of the investment in resources and training and being able to look forward into what the new technology is that we believe that our customers will need. We received a call from a client, actually a call from a, a, a prospect. They weren't a client at the time. It was a um, medical imaging center, and they said that they needed some help with one of their computers. So, sure, we'll send somebody out to take a look at the computer. So when we got out there, it was a computer that was 12 years old, and it was running uh, Windows 95, and it was attached to their MRI machine that they do all of their patient scans on. And that machine had failed. And it was, so it was not just working on one PC, it was working on a PC that controlled a major piece of equipment that this company relied on for their income stream. You know, so f first it was going in and kind of pulling back the layers and figuring out what's what and trying to see if we could get support from um, uh, the, the company that pr had provided the software. And then it had uh, a specialized interface and had a specialized serial interface in it that's not available in computers today. So really, I mean, what that took was being able to have the resources and the wherewithal to know where to go and what questions to ask. We actually were able to find uh, another IT company that uh, I know who specializes in legacy equipment. So we had to go to them to be able to get um, a computer with a specific configuration that could run Windows 95 to be able to put them back together. So uh, we were able to do that, but we were able to do that just because of the resources that we have and the people that we know in the industry. More importantly is that there are no patches or fixes or security available for that machine, so that becomes a vulnerability. And in a HIPAA environment where patient records must be protected at all costs, they can't maintain HIPAA compliance with running that MRI machine with a Windows 95 computer on it, or at least having it connected to the network. So we actually restructured the network for them so that the administrative computers that held patient data, there was no way that Windows 95 machine would be seen on the same network. So we solved the problem for them that way. A, a customer has to consider, a business has to consider the cost of downtime. This is something that, that um, customers really don't consider on the front end is how much would it cost me if my main network or my main systems went down? You know, if I have 35 employees and they can't work and I have to send them home, you know, what is the cost of that? What is the cost to, cust to my customer when we can't serve their needs? If, what's the cost to production if they run behind? So you really have to look 
and take all of this into a, uh, an account. When we sit down with a customer, I, I try to take them through that process to understand what the real cost to the business would be based on downtime. And once we establish that, then we look at the entire network and we look at the vulnerabilities. We look for the Windows 7 is not supported by Microsoft anymore. And as of January, it's a, it's a vulnerability. Server 2008, same category, it's a vulnerability. To try to find those pieces of equipment, those operating systems, those older pieces of software, pieces of software that are out of date and unsupported, and really put a plan together for them to modernize that. Um, we. We work with our clients, uh, we offer uh, as a, a virtual CIO. So we offer that service to the client. So we go out to the client and act as that chief information officer to be able to lay that roadmap for them. Okay, so the next six months you have these aging servers, they need to be replaced and here's why. And we're gonna do these at this period and then we need to replace the workstations and then we need to look at that CNC machine or that specialized piece of equipment in the warehouse that's running on an old operating system so that we're always forward looking and there's a plan so that you don't find yourself in a situation where a critical piece of equipment goes down and you can't operate your business without it. And then it impacts your business, you know, financially. 